2: Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. I am Mr. Black. I am he. You are you. And the time is now for living life like it matters. Because that's what we do on this radio show. We take an hour of power. And today that hour of power is going to be focused inward. It's going to be focused inward. We're talking about introspection today. Introspection. What a great word, right? If you break down the word... Intro means beginning, right? Introduction. Inspection means to look. And then intra is actually, there's a double meaning there. It's also inward. So really introspection, if you break it down etymologically, is the beginning of looking inside. Matter of fact, I look at the history of the definition of this word introspection. In 1871, our first definition, internal view, a view of the interior. It's a great thing. 1874, look within. 20 years later, A sight of the inside or interior, self-examination. There we get it for the first time. Inspection inwardly or one's own thoughts and feelings, self-inspection. The act of looking into or under the surface of things. I love that. You see, that's what God's about. You know, when Jesus walked this planet, he was always about the motive, the intent. I firmly believe that God would rather us do the wrong thing for the right reason than us do the right thing for the wrong reason. When Jesus walked this planet, he said, you have heard it said this, because they didn't speak Hebrew back then. So they would be the the priests would read them scripture. That's why Jesus said, you have heard it said, because they didn't read Hebrew. They, they stopped. The language disappeared for, uh, I don't know, a few hundred years, I believe. And so what Jesus said, you've heard it said this, but I say this. See, his was about elevating law. His was about introspection. His was about sending people inside to take a look at their own filth, their own dirt, their own uh, uh, sin, if you will. And that way we can have empathy. We can have understanding. We can know that all fall short of the glory of God. We can know that all have the same level field at the foot of the cross. And today we're going to talk about introspection, which is the act or process of examining one's own thoughts or feelings. The act or process of examining one's own thoughts or feelings. Why? Because 75% to 95% of the illnesses that plague us today are a direct result of our thought life. That's what Dr. Caroline Leaf says, what we think about affects us physically and emotionally. It's an epidemic of toxic proportions. Dr. Leaf goes on to say the average person has over 30 to 60,000 thoughts a day. Through an uncontrolled thought life, we create the conditions for illness. We make ourselves sick. She says research shows that fear all on its own triggers more than 1,400 known physical chemical responses and activates more than 30 different ho- hormones. Isn't that stunning? See, this is where we, we get the whole concept of jihad from our, our Muslim cousins. You know, jihad—that that term has been twisted. Uh, and again, I study the Quran. Uh, I, I've, uh, for years, went to this thing called Common Ground, where we l- learn about Muslims what they believe, and then we help them learn about Jesus, because I can talk to a Muslim about Isa al Messiah, Jesus the Messiah, more than I can my Jewish brothers and sisters, because there are ninety-four ayats in the Quran about Isa, Jesus. It uh, says he's uh, 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 a breath from Allah. He's uh, on a stage with Muhammad, uh, uh, the st- uh, the level with Muhammad. Uh, he is the breath of God. He is the, uh, uh, it's phenomenal. The, the Quran speaks very highly of Jesus. They just don't believe he was on the cross. They believe someone switched bodies. They don't believe he was crucified. That's, uh, and again, they're wrong. 70% of the Quran is from the Bible. Uh, a lot of stories that you know. Uh, including pe- things like the uh, uh, Korah's rebellions in there. Uh, Mary, the virgin birth, is in there. Uh, Dawid, David, uh, they're all in there, well, most of them. And so, jihad it was supposed to be about that internal struggle. It's been made into a holy war waged on behalf of Islam as a religious duty. That's not what I believe it was put in there for originally, a personal struggle. In devotion to Islam, and again, that means just being holy, being set apart, uh, being modest. Devotion to Islam, especially involving spiritual discipline. A crusade for principle or belief. What if that belief is you being the best version of yourself? Because, gentlemen, ladies, there's a war going on. That's not make up. That's not made believe. That's nothing. It's reality. It, it, you got to know this. Paul says this. There's a war between the the new man and the old man. There's a war between the spirit and the flesh. Are you fighting the war? That's why we're going to go inside today. We're going to ask ourselves some questions. We're going to live and examine life. It's the story of the two wolves. And we have two wolves in us. We have a flesh and we have a spirit. We have two wolves in us. We have our way or God's way. We have two wolves in us. One that wants us to, to focus on ourselves for selfish reasons. And one that wants us to focus on other people for helpful reasons. One evening an old Cherokee told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside people. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside us all. One is evil. It's anger, envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, ego. The other is good. It's joy, peace, love, hope, serenity. Humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, faith. The grandson thought about it for a moment and he said, Grandfather, which wolf wins? The old Cherokee paused and simply replied, My son, the one you feed is the one that wins. You see, an unexamined life is not worth living. That was uttered by Socrates and was uttered at his trial where he was actually put to death. What was his crime? He had young people challenge things, Yep, just like today. With state-run media in America, with a deep state that's active, we now persecute our political opponents. They want to destroy Donald Trump because he showed them that you could do things other than the deep state way. And so we're no different China, Russia. We, we don't have freedoms anymore. Our elections are questionable. Uh, You know, we we don't have freedom to do this and freedom to do that. If you're not the political ruling elite and think like them, then you're outcast. You're canceled. You're basically disowned by society. That's no different than Russia and China. We've we've come a long way, baby. And so it's time for us to go inside. Everyone wants to change the world. But we can't change the world, the things we can't control. But we can change our world. And our world intersects with other people's worlds and when our world is changed and people see the benefit of that change then they want to change their world it's a battle paul the church of ephesus told us that told us to put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to your deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which created was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness In Romans 7, he's talking about a struggle. So the trouble is not with the law, he says. It's spiritual and good. The trouble is with me. Don't you hear it? For I'm all too human. I don't really understand myself. He says that. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. Right? So why do I not do what I want to do and do the things I hate? And he goes on to say, I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do wrong, but I do it anyways. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. You see? The battle. That's why Thomas Paine said it so eloquently. The real man smiles in trouble gathers strength from distress, and grows brave by reflection. The only way to truly live your life like it matters is to live a life of introspection. That's it. And today, we're going to begin that process. Today, we're going to question ourselves. We should always question ourselves. We are called to live and examine life. We should question our faith. We should question our government, science, the whole base of science is to question everything, to figure things out. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going inside, we're going deep, and we're going to take a look inward with some introspection. I'm Black,
3: and we'll be right back. If you're ready to go to
0: another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, June 30th through July 2nd. That's likeitmatters.net. Sightseeing in Paris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
3: Chet's Shoes is your industrial footwear headquarters. Talk to them today about setting up a customized industrial program for your employees. Chet's works with you to fit your company's needs in everything from specific styles to customized billing. Let them bring the store to you with their mobile shoe service or visit their store in Spring Lake Park. Chet's features comfortable and professionally fit footwear with brands such as Timberland Pro, Keen Utility, New Balance, Reebok, Carolina, Arian, and more. If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's.
2: Hi, I'm Anthony Commerce with Commerce Water. A year ago, we introduced wet technology into our softeners. It's exclusive to Commerce. Since then, customers have saved an average of 700 gallons of water and over 300 pounds of salt each year. And you can too. Go to Commerce.com. welcome back to living life like it matters we call that like it matters radio And by the way i keep saying living life like it matters because that is the name of our podcast so we have two different things Uh, we have not only like it matters radio which is monday through friday from 11 a.m to 12 noon central standard time you can actually listen live stream Uh, we're on in minneapolis live Uh, You can live stream at www.freedom1570.com, listen anywhere around the world. And once the radio show's over, it's put in podcast form and put on our website called likeitmattersradio.com. But we also have a bi-weekly podcast. Mondays and Thursdays it comes out. Mondays is Storytime with Mr. Black. A short little pithy story with some learning, little Aesop's fables, a little story with a moral and some application, if you will. And then Thursday is a full-blown a process, a radio show, if you will. Uh, sometimes it's a replay of a radio show with some extra content. Sometimes it's brand new content altogether. Uh, so again, I'm working to help you fight the battle, uh, to become the best possible version of yourself. You know, the, that word jihad, you know, we hear it so much and so many people in radical Islam have used it. To, to slaughter innocent children and people in the name of God. And by the way, Jews have done that. Uh, Christians have done that. Uh, I mean, you look at uh, uh, the hist- our history is replete with it. And so it's not like one group, but it's man. The problem's man. Uh, when you understand uh, Genesis 1-1 was in the beginning, and I think it's Genesis 6-6 was that God said, I repent from creating Man. Uh, Jeremiah says the heart is wicked beyond repair in Genesis. God said uh, I, I Repent from creating man because every desire of man's heart is wicked pure evil The problem is man Not a good man. There is no good thing when Jesus Christ was as uh, the young, rich young ruler approached him He says oh good rabbi and Jesus said clearly who is good Only God is good Donald Trump's not good. Uh, He's a great president. This America needs him. But Joe Biden sure isn't good. Nancy Pelosi sure isn't good. All these people that some of you worship, they're not good. They're flawed, broken people. Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. These people in office have become millionaires. They pass laws that you don't have to abide by. They get their husbands for drunk driving out free. They know what laws are going to pass that they don't have to abide by. And then their husbands and wives and family members and anybody with the last name of Biden or Clinton, they go and take a thousand dollar investment and turn it into a million dollars in a year. But you and I could never do that. See, you got to realize that the problem is not Republican or Democrat. The problem is not Trump or Biden. The problem is man. And I don't mean man as in uh, going to the male restroom, male genitalia. I'm talking about man as human, men and women, human. And why I say this is because our goal should be to be under construction, to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today, right? Right. That's what we call it, being under construction. In the corporate world, you call it Lean Sigma, Six Sigma, right? you got to understand. Dr. Caroline Leaf, in her book, Who Switched Off My Brain, makes this statement. Research shows that around 87% of illnesses can be attributed to our thought life, and approximately 13% to diet, genetics, and environment. Studies conclusively link more chronic diseases, lifestyle diseases, to an epidemic of toxic proportions in our culture these toxic emotions can cause migraines hypertension strokes cancer skin problems diabetes infections allergies just to name a few ladies and gentlemen it's the the the, the battles in the mind the battles in the mind and this is what's going on where You don't understand this is not politics this is programming we are teaching people to hate one another And you can't blame Donald Trump. Stop with the Donald Trump stuff. He was a citizen who's never been elected, gives up billions of dollars. His name is forever tarnished so he can serve his country, doesn't take a $400,000 salary, donates it all every quarter. His paycheck was sent to a charity. And we had record uh, uh, unemployment. uh, We were energy dependent. We were respected and feared around the world. We had laws and we abide by those laws. And now look at us. And part of it is intentional. There's an active battle going on. If you're not aware of it, you're losing it. I was just scanning something and it found this article. Uh, and it's just a part of it. Larry Kudlow, Biden Justice Department is totally politicizing left wing operation. I mean, take a look at this, the hatred that our our leadership is creating. I mean they wanna they wanna send in the National Guard to attack parents at school board meetings who don't want their kids being molested, who don't want their kids being taught sexual stuff at five and six years old, who don't want their kids being taught to fear white people and feel sorry for black people. And so here's a little bit of article. Why is our Justice Department undermining law enforcement and respect for the Supreme Court by issuing literally a screed against the Roe v. Wade decision? Of course, this undermines the authority of the court. It also undermines our democracy. You might call it an insurrection. But hey, that's only if they're a Republican, right? The Justice Department is supposed to defend the law, but under Joe Biden, it doesn't seem to be doing that. This is the same Justice Department that refused to prosecute illegal protesters marching outside the homes of Supreme Court justices. It's a law. That sort of intimidation represents refusal to enforce federal law. Violations are punishable. You ready for this? A year in prison. And not one single person arrested because it wasn't January 6th and they weren't white conservatives. The protesters were trying to influence the final ruling. Governors Youngkin and Hogan asked the DOJ to enforce the law as it's written and they won't. The Justice Department never substantially really responded. And let's not forget that Attorney General Merrick Garland labeled parents that are wanting to improve their child's education by active attendance at school board meetings. He labeled them domestic terrorists. Joe Biden says the biggest threat to America is white Christians. The same people who created this country, he now says are the same ones that want to bring it down. Domestic terrorist and never took it back, never apologized. So the article goes on to say, anytime Joe Biden his woke cronies talk about Republicans undermining democracy, perhaps somebody could point out that the Biden Justice Department is a totally politicized left-wing operation whose political appointees care not one whit with preserving our democracy, which leads me back to my first thought this evening. Thank goodness we can pray about it. Ladies and gentlemen, forget the Republican Democrat. There's only two groups of people, as God sees it. Those who are redeemed and those who are lost. There's only two groups of people as God sees it. Those who are at peace with God, have humbled themselves, and those who are at war with themselves, who built themselves up with pride. There are only two types of people in this world. There are those that know they need a Savior, and there are those that believe that they are their own Savior. There are two types of people in this world. One that works to change other people, and one that works to change themselves. And that change will affect change in other people. It's time to quit looking outward, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to quit fixing everybody else. Because you don't have the ability to do that anyways. NLP only works on the presence of desire. And you can't change anybody else unless they have a desire somewhere. So it all starts with desire. Nothing great happens without desire, without some passion. And so we're going to take a look at ourselves. We're going to ask some questions. And so if you're driving right now, just listen to these questions. And later at night, go to likeitmattersradio.com with a pad of paper and a pen and not only write down the questions. But spend an hour afterwards answering the questions. Take some time, three to five minutes with each question. Even if you're not writing anymore, just ponder it. Keep pondering. See what comes out after the fluff comes out. The stuff that comes out at the beginning is sometimes called fluff. Sometimes really good, by the way. But once the fluff's out of the way, then you'll see what's really going on. So we're going to examine ourselves. We're going to fight the good fight. Because that's the battle. The battle is in the mind. Do not fear. Remember, those are the two greatest commandments in the Bible. It's not about sex, drugs, or rock and roll. It's not about fornication or idolatry. We're told almost 400 times, do not fear. And far more than that. We are told over and over to remember, to remember who God is, to remember who you are in God, to remember the struggle, to remember why you're here, to remember that God will never leave you, never forsake you, to remember that God is the great I am. I am the bread of life. I am the vine. I am a living water. I am the bread of life. I am, before Abraham was, I am. God's telling us it's important to know your identity. God leads with his identity. How about you? Who are you? Why are you here? What's your purpose? At the end of your life, how do you know it was a success or not? How do you define a good day? What makes a good day a good day? What makes a bad day a bad day? What needs to take place today? In order for it to constitute it being a good day. And what needs to take place tomorrow? And if it did take place tomorrow, it would automatically make tomorrow a bad day. What makes a week a good week? What makes a month a good month? What makes a year a terrible year? These are all comparison words. When someone asks you how your day went and you say good, bad, right, wrong, and different, whatever, it's a comparison word. And what you got to figure out is compared to what. What are you comparing yourself to? Who are you comparing yourself to? George Bernard Shaw, the famous writer, near the end of his life, was with a group of reporter. And he was asked a simple question. George, if you could live your life all over again and you could be anybody you wanted to be, who would you be? He thought about it for a moment and said, you know what, if I could live my life all over again and I could be anybody I wanted to be, I would be the George Bernard Shaw that I could have been. And what he was talking about was living with all his potential, without the fear, without the doubt, without the limiting belief systems, without carrying his chains of pain from his past into other people's future. And the only way we can do that is through introspection. The only way we can do that is with a self-examined life. So last two segments, I'm going to be posing questions. And if you're driving, just go ahead and we'll get to it later. If you're not, let's write them down. I'm Black, and we'll be right back.
3: Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me.
0: Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station.
3: Some of your favorite pastors and authors are bringing you their most popular devotionals free. Discover the joy and peace you can experience every day when you spend focused time in God's Word. Sign up for daily devotionals from Crosswalk.com and get inspiration and encouragement sent right to your inbox with devotionals for parenting, singles, women, and more. Crosswalk.com provides spiritual growth for every stage of life. Crosswalk.com is a division of Salem Media Group. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life.
2: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. And today we're going inside. Today the key word is introspection, the beginning of looking inward. Introspection is defined as the act or process of examining one's own thoughts or feelings. It's to look inward, contemplating one's own mental processes. And yesterday we talked about patterns. And we all have patterns. Matter of fact, one of my backgrounds is NLP. And NLP is all about how. It's all about the patterns. How do you make yourself angry? How do you turn yourself on? How do you turn yourself off? Well, you need to figure out what are your triggers? What are your fears? What are your doubts? What are things to stay away from? You know, if you're on a diet, why would you hang out at a bakery? If part of your mission statement is to live an honorable life and you have chance to go to some place where people of the opposite sex are running around naked and you're in a committed relationship, that that's not acceptable. That's not who you are. If you say to be a man of integrity or a person of integrity and then you lie and you have cognitive dissonance, you profess to be a Christian and follow after the Lord Jesus Christ, but then you vote for a party that mocks God, who tells you God's not real, he's the leader of a hate group, that the Bible is nothing more than a hate speech. How can you live that incongruent life? You pretending to be a follower of God and then voting like you're a follower of the world. That's, at some point, we're going to be accountable for that. There's, the Bible says it's important for man to die one time, then comes the judgment. And the Bible also says if you uh, judge yourself, God doesn't need to judge you. We're called to live and examine life. Paul even tells us to examine ourselves to even see if we're still in the faith. I'm going to tell you right now, some of you need to examine yourself uh, to see if you're even in the faith. One of my favorite bands uh, is Maverick City Music. And when the Roe v. Wade, and it's a Christian band, when the Roe v. Wade decision came down, which is the right decision, by the way, it's the right decision, whether you like it or not, it's the right legal decision, it's the right spiritual decision, just so you know. But I'll never forget, I just saw this, that the drummer of Maverick City Music, my favorite band, said a 100 times like a Bart Simpson in the opening credits, A man should uh, you should not tell a woman what to do with her body. You should not tell a woman what to do with her body. A man should not tell a woman what to do with her body. Said it over and over, just written on chalkboard wall. And I'm saying, I'm thinking, you call yourself a Christian? You better read your your Bible. You know what the Bible is doing? It's telling you what to do with your body. It's telling women what to do with their body. It's telling men what to do with their body. It's telling men what to do with their money. It's telling men what to do with their life. And you call yourself a Christian, and you say, "Uh, don't tell me what to do with my body. You're not a Christian then, because you think you're your own. And it's not I who lives, but Christ who lives me. I died. I pick up my cross daily. This world isn't about me. It's about God. I'm just here to serve. I'm here to, to save. I'm here to set the captives free. I'm here to bring good news. I'm here to shake the gates. What are you here for? That's the purpose of introspection. Do you know who you are and why you're here? Do you know whose you are? And so if you're driving, just listen to questions and process them. Do not take out a pen and paper. And then tonight when you get home, block off an hour. Go to likeitmattersradio.com and listen to this show with a pad of paper and a pen in hand. First of all, write down the questions and listen to the show. Don't answer the questions while the show is going on. And then, after you've put down all the questions and contemplated my discussion in between, then answer the questions, or maybe replay the radio show again while you're answering the questions, if that helps. So the first set of questions is 10 questions, and then we'll go through time available. We'll go through a second set of questions, which are nine. So here we go. Number one, what do I feel are my greatest strengths and personal talents? Those qualities which comprise my unique potential purpose. Question number one is ask you a simple question. What makes you you? We're all unique. There's nobody else like you. I have seen the data or heard the data that we are so unique that the chances of another individual having your same genetic makeup, your same DNA, your same finger, all that is one in 400 trillion. One in 400 trillion. Now, I don't know, I think somewhere we're around, somewhere around 10 billion people on this planet, and the majority of those live in India and China, just so you know. (laughs) 10 billion. I told you one in 400 trillion. Well, after billion comes trillion, here we are in 10, doesn't even get to 100, and 1,000 billions is a trillion. You got my point? I'm not sure if 400 trillion people have walked this planet yet. I don't know, 400 trillion people will ever walk this planet. That's how unique you are. It's impossible. And I hate to use this word because it's taken a negative meaning. You're a snowflake. And it's true. No two snowflakes. And there are quadrillions of them are the same. What do I feel are my greatest strengths and personal talents, those qualities which comprise my unique potential and purpose? In other words, what makes you, you? Number two, if I had unlimited time and resources, what would I choose to do? This is such a great question. If you had all the money in the world, all the time in the world, what would you choose to do? And I'm not talking about rolling a, a big fat one and smoking it and eating double stuffed Oreos while watching the Big Bang Theory. That's sloth. That's laziness, that's a lot of things. If I had unlimited time and resources, if I could do anything, had all the time, all the money, what would you choose to do? Great information there. Number three, when I reflect on my personal life and my business life, what activities do I consider the greatest worth or value? Consider all the stuff you do every single day. All the activities, every single week. If you were to list all that stuff out, and then from that list, you would take take out those activities that you consider the greatest worth or value. What would those be? Identify them and then ask yourself this question, why? That will tell you a lot about yourself. You know, I, I do leadership training where I change people's lives at likeitmatters.net. I send out scripture, scripture to thousands of people every day. The word of God doesn't return void. It fulfills its purpose. You can go to blog. I do this daily radio show like it matters that costs me 2500 bucks a month and my time. I do a bi-weekly um, uh, uh, podcast that's in the top 10 percent of all podcasts I pay for. You see what I'm saying? And can I tell you what things give me the greatest life? I-, I have three orphanages in Uganda I support. I got people in India I support one in Pakistan I got people in Tampa Bay, people in Dallas, people in Minnesota. so I got lots of people we support. One of my greatest things is the work we do in Africa. Uh, Nantume, she lost her home. She takes care of 30-some kids. She lost her home about four months ago. Told her I couldn't help her. I don't have that kind of money. She got land from her mom when she died. And over the last eight weeks, we have uh, put in $7,000 and built her a home. Kawuki, another one of the orphanage, they have 40-some kids and growing all the time. Last year, we brought water into their village, into their school. We've saved five or six children's lives that were going to die without medical care. You know what gives me the most value is that stuff. You know, in my class, sometimes we get to lead someone to Christ. I don't care how good I was, I don't care how many lives changed. You know what's the most important thing in that class? When someone says, I'm ready to commit my life to the God of the universe because I know who I am. Number four, what are the most important relationships in your life and why? What's your relational hierarchy? If you're a child of God, God has to be first because he says so. He's a jealous God. If you're married, your, your spouse has to go second. If you got kids, they need to go third, fourth, fifth, sixth, however many kids you got because they didn't ask for you to copulate and bring them into this world. God has a purpose why he created you and why he saved you. So that And then you. You're second. How did you get to second? The Christian thing, I'm second, I'm number two. You should be number eight or nine or ten. What are the most important relationships in my life and why? Identify those, put them in order. Number five, am I the type of leader that I would choose to work with? Why or why not? Be honest. Are there some good qualities? Are there some bad qualities? Are you the type of leader that you would choose to work with? Yes and or no. And then why and or why not? Number six, do you consider yourself a role model? Again, why or why not? And ladies and gentlemen, we're all role models. People are either using this as an example of what they would love to be or using this as an example of what they would never want to be. Remember, there's two driving forces in life: neuroassociative conditioning. We're either moving towards something, or we're moving away from something. We're either moving toward pleasure, or moving away from pain. Are people using you as a role model of what they'd love to be like, or are people using you as a role model of what they never want to be like? because you're a role model. Number seven, answer this two-part question the table. Create a table on my sheet. I have a table itself. But here are the two questions. 7A, what are my roles in life? Roles are different hats you wear. You got to identify those. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a radio show host. I'm a counselor. I'm a life caddy. Uh, I'm a Uber driver. I'm an uh, ATM. I'm just making those up, but I feel like it sometimes, right? So what are your roles in life? Spend some time. Identify as many roles as you can. And then 7B, what name one or two specific things that you could do that would make a significant difference in each role. Really important. In other words, how are you under construction? We're going to be a little bit better. Number eight, what is my mission? And after mission, write two smaller questions, not font size, but meaning size. Those two questions are why am I here and what's my purpose? Those are the two questions of the mission. Same question, just stated differently. Zip code. Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day, and do it again and again and again? Number nine, where am I now in relation to my mission? This is checking in. What are you doing well? What are you struggling on? It's a status report. What are you on course for? What are you off course for? You got to pull that car off the rat race of life, off the freeway of life, and examine it. Make sure the fluid's doing well. Check the tires. Make sure the radiator's cool. And then number 10, in what ways do I make a difference? What are you doing that matters, makes it matter that God saved you and kept you here? How many lives are better because their path has crossed your path? How many people have a Scott Black in their life? Lots. I help people whether they have money or not. I see a need, I meet a need. That's what I love about the Africa thing. These people don't know me. And I've been supporting them for years, building them homes, building water stations. They don't know me from Adam. They've never met me. I've never seen them. I want nothing from them. This is totally a God thing. That's what makes it so special. In what ways do I make a difference? And after the break, I'm going to pose nine more questions to further the introspection. I am Black. Today, we're taking a look inward, and we'll be right
3: back.
4: If you're
3: ready to go to
0: another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, June 30th through July 2nd. That's likeitmatters.net. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app catch up on the latest news and information affecting Minnesota's great outdoors with Outdoor News Radio on Freedom 1570. We talk hunting, fishing, and natural resources in the great state of Minnesota every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Joining me, Rob Jerislein, our guests like bow hunting expert Tony Peterson, professional anglers like Tackle Terry Tuma and Tim Westmeister, and nature gurus like the bird chick Sharon Saitler. Sundays at 8 a.m. on Freedom 1570. It's Outdoor News Radio. Wake up with the Freedom 1570 Daybreak Insider. Today's top news stories from a conservative viewpoint in a detailed yet concise manner. Sign up at freedom1570.com. Just use the keyword
5: subscribe. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening.
4: For probably two-thirds of my
2: Welcome back to Living Life Like It Matters. We call this Hour of Power, Like It Matters Radio. And so today we're going inward. We're taking an introspection, a view of the inside to take a look at our thinking, to take a look at our lives, to take a look at our impact, to take a look at our, our, our starting point, our point where we are now, and our end point. People don't plan to fail. They failed the plan. And the problem with that is it's appointed for man to die one time and then comes the judgment. And boy, you want to be doing what you need to do right now because there are two judgment seats of God. One's called the white throne judgment of God, and that's a works-based judgment. You don't want to stand there because God requires perfection. The other judgment seat is what's called the Bema Seat of Christ. It's for those that have accepted the paid price, the redemption of Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross. For those that paid that, you'll be standing in front of the Bema Seat of Christ. Now, that is a rewards judgment because you're already in heaven. You've been justified by shed blood, nothing you can do. Salvation is not a reward. It's a gift. It's a gift. God gave it to you by dying. You, you can't earn it. However, we do earn rewards in heaven. And for those of us that have accepted the paid price of Jesus Christ, our judgment is God's going to take all of our works and he's going to test the motivation. He's going to test the heart. Those things that you did for the proper motivation because of God, for God, because the calling of God, you will be rewarded. For things you did that you already got glory for, that you got credit for, that you did for the wrong motives, you did for selfish reasons, God says you've already been paid for that. And so we got to live uh, an examine life. And so we're asking some questions. We asked 10 In the last segment, and now there's nine follow-up questions. Uh, And if you miss any of this radio show, go to likeitmattersradio.com, and you can listen to it over and over. And when you listen to it the next time, have a pad of paper, write down the questions as I present them, and then go back and spend time answering the questions. So let's go. We only got about uh, eight minutes left. So this one's called Rate Yourself as a Leader. So number one is two-part, 1A and 1B. 1A, what values do you want to have in your business? When I say business, I mean where do you spend a majority of your waking hours? If you have a J-O-B and you get a paycheck, then you spend a majority of your waking hours at that J-O-B. Now, some of you work at home. You take care of the family. You take care of the kids. You take care of the house. You take care of personal stuff. So you actually don't get um, paid. So your business is taking care of the family. Your business is taking care of your home. Your business is whatever that is. You got it? Or your education if you're a student. So number 1A, what values do you want to have in your business? In other words, what's important to you? Spend a good five minutes. And even if you stop writing for a little bit, continue pondering about it. Spend some time on it. What values do you want? A value is what you value. For me, it'd be contribution. It'd be passion. It'd be a difference maker. Uh, it's commitment. Uh, you know, I bring fire. If I can't bring fire, I don't want to play. Those are values. And then on 1B, what ways do you reinforce these values? What ways do you reinforce these values? And there's a big frame, reframe called up until now. Maybe up until now you have not been reinforcing. Now draw that line in the sand and say, now I will start doing this. Number two, what roles in my life do I get the most satisfaction from? So you list out all these roles. Remember in the first series of questions, the first 10 I asked you last segment? So now you've identified all these roles. Now take out the top two, three, four, depending on who you are. Take out the top ones, the roles in your life that you get the most satisfaction from. There's a reason why you get satisfaction from You're wired a certain way. It's feeding something in you. Take a look. There's good information under that why rock. Why? Why are they, do these bring you such satisfaction? Number three, what are the things about my job that I like the most? We, we have a tendency to focus on what we don't like. And the problem is, with, if you understand the reticular activating system, it's the brain's focal center. And wherever you focus on, you have a tendency to see more of. Well, we weren't having a plan on having kids, my wife and I, because I had had kids uh, with previous marriage. So we wound up pregnant. I'm not sure how that happened. We wound up pregnant, uh, and you know what my wife saw everywhere? Pregnant people, pregnant women, babies. Right now they were always there. Why didn't she see them before? Because her reticular activating system wasn't focused on them. Now that her RAS was focused on them, whenever they showed up into her field of vision, she became acutely aware of them. Same thing with your focus. What are the things about your job that you like the most? Identify those things, revel in them, and then answer why. Why do you enjoy these so much? There's, again, it says something about who you are. It's a motivation of the heart. It's how God made you. Number four. What do I like least about my job? See, we have a tendency to start here, but here's where I'm going to end you is on this one. And by the way, I'll never end with 4A. There's a 4B coming. There's not just 4A. There's 4B as well. What do you like the least about your job? These are um, gripes, golden gripes, and these golden gripes take away from our passion. They take away from our commitment. It's like in a marriage where you used to fight about this issue, and the issue was never resolved. You don't fight about it anymore. Because you're let down or disappointed. They're uh, put up a wall about it. And so it's never been resolved. Never. But you just don't let it stop you. Those things take away from our passion. Those things are like ants. They eat away. They're like mosquitoes in Texas. They nip at you. They at you. They tug at you. They, They make you change your focus. They make you feel uncomfortable. They make you feel miserable, not happy. So much of that can happen with these golden gripes. What do you like least about your job? Identify it. And then 4B, don't leave it. stop at 4A. 4B, how can I change the things I like the least? There are two ways to change things. If you have authority, then you could unilaterally change it. But if you don't have authority, the other way is to affect change. Affect change. Look at George Soros. He's never been elected to anything. Yeah, he spends his billions of dollars like, like uh, Zuckerberg did. Zuckerberg spent half a billion dollars, half a billion dollars, putting Democrats in election offices around the country so that Trump couldn't win. Half a billion. They bought that election. You got to realize what's important. What are you willing to put your money on? See, you can affect change. He was never elected. George Soros, the one that's getting all these DAs that want to defund the police, And no-cash bell where people get off, they kill someone, they're out in the streets two hours later, put up no bell at all, and then they go kill someone again? That's George Soros. Talk about affecting change. His billions of dollars. Feeding the Democratic Party, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton. You don't see the change that's going on? Courtesy of George Soros. Number five, what are the visible beliefs in my business? A visible beliefs in a chart, slogan, mission statement that's up where people can see it. Why? Because the reticular activating system, what you focus it on, you see. When you come to my class, you'll learn about this. You'll learn about how much power you have. Go to likeitmatters.net, likeitmatters.net. Get in a class. I'm coming up to Minneapolis. I'll be in Minneapolis doing a class this Thursday. Only got eight people in there. We got four more spots. If you want to join us, if you want your life changed, go to likeitmatters.net. I can help you. So five, what are the visible beliefs in your business? What reminds you what's important to you? How do other people know what's important to you without those visible beliefs? Number six, what would the ideal culture be for your business? If you could wave a magic wand and you could create the ideal culture for your business, for your personal life, what would it look like? What would it sound like? What would it feel like? What would it smell like? What would it taste like? You got to dream the dream, right? Sensory-based, that's what your brain is. It's a sensory-based organ. Every single memory you have is stored in the five senses. What did it look like? What it sound like? What did it feel like? What did it smell like? What does it taste like? That's things that we call real. So make it real. If you wave a magic wand, you can create the perfect culture. What will it look like, sound like, feel like, and if possible, smell like, and taste like. Number seven, how does my present culture compare with the ideal culture? You've identified this perfect culture. Now, in essence, what's wrong and what's right about where you are in life compared to where you want to be? And then number eight, how can I best use my leadership methods to create the ideal culture? Right? Now that you know the gap, see, in order to get the good news, you gotta accept the bad news. Without the bad news, you don't want the good news. And so part of this on your on, on your mission and your vision, your values, is to take a look at a perfect situation. And then take a look at your situation. And look at the gaps. Look at the differences. Look at the 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 ability to improve. You've got to accept the bad news. Before you go to a doctor you have to accept that you're sick. That's why some of you won't reach out to Jesus because you don't think you need him. And boy are we wrong. Cause all we need is Jesus. Which brings us to number nine. In what ways am I under construction? What are you doing daily? weekly monthly to be a little bit better today than you were yesterday a little bit better tomorrow than today see god meets us where we're at but doesn't leave us where we're at god justifies us while we were still sinners god demonstrated his love and he died for us but because of that we should desire to change to be more to be better when my kids were born i want to be more and better when I got married, I want to be more and better for my wife. And I want that from my God, too. I want to be more and better for my God. I want to be more and better for my listeners. I want to be more and better for my kids. I want to be more and better for my kitty cats. I want to be more and better for my children in Africa I support. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, When you live your life like it
1: matters, it does. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver.